Welcome to another special episode of 115 Miles. We are joined by our friends from Social Matters for this episode. It brings out the most amazing conversation. We dive in and have lots of fun, but some serious chat too. I hope you enjoy This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Is everybody ready? How are we feeling? Yeah, let's do it. So we've got a very special episode. It's, it's, is this like a collab episode of Social Matters and 115 Miles Pod, or is it 115 Miles Pod with co-hosts from Social Matters? See, I would like to believe it's a collab episode, but we've come into your yeah. space. Like, this is your space, so... You're in our um, manner. We're in yeah. our manner. If, <laughs> if you want to get on our Zoom link, then... then <laughs> <laughs> then, it's, then it's our manner. But now we're in your studio, yeah. your space. I'm like, yeah, this is with, I would say, with such matters co-hosts. Okay, yeah. so it's a, a collaboration. So for anybody that's listening, uh, that's used to just me and Hass, we've got a few more voices on the show today. Mm-hmm. Do you want? Should we start this end and just let you introduce yourself? Yeah. I'm, I'm Hass. <laughs> in case anyone remembered, I'm still one of the co-hosts. <laughs> I'm Eugene, your turn. Yeah, I'm Eugene. Thanks for um, having us on. Um, and I am a diversity and inclusion consultant and also co-host of the Social Maths podcast with a social work background. I always think of the collab. I always, because I'm a fan of Adidas, like Stella McCartney collab with Adidas. And I think it's always a good thing. So I'm excited to yeah. be here today. Um, I'm Fran. I'm also a diversity and inclusion expert, co-host of Social Matters with mm-hmm. these two <laughs> flanking me here today. I feel very important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, from a social work background before going into diversity and inclusion. Yeah, and uh, do I need to say it again? I think we get the theme that... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I am also... One of those guys. Um, and my name's Nadia. Um, and I've also got, uh, I suppose, yeah, my training's in social work and I'm also a family and systemic psychotherapist. So, yeah. You've got to get that in. You yeah. Do you know what I mean? That. I've what got to get mean? it in. What, 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 what's I'm, that last I'm thing? a family therapist. Um, so I use kind of family therapy ideas and systemic ideas to kind of help in in helping organizations think about their diversity and inclusion. Oh. Promo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that bit. Did you not? Should I have? Um I don't know. No. I I think know. I think last time I just said I was a therapist. Yeah. Which is still true, but I just I thought you were going to say which is still quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, and 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 I guess today the topic that we're going to get into once we've done our normal official start, we are going to talk about the sort of cultures within workplaces and stuff like that. Um, and it will be good and interesting to get sort of a, a breadth of different opinions and uh, uh, aspects of what we're talking about. But before you, before you go on, I want to ask Fran of the Adidas and Stella McCartney. Who's in in the room here? Who's Adidas and who's Stella McCartney? Remember who your people are. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a minute. Who's the desirable one? Oh yeah. Like who would you want if you who would you want to be? I I think I'd want to be Adidas. Yeah, yeah. me too. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. No, no, no. Just wearing the Nike. Okay. Yeah. Oh, why? <laughs> Did the camera get that? Did I know. <laughs> I was suddenly like, right, okay, I'm in Nike. Okay, Adidas. Throwing it out there, I'm the only one with Adidas. No, you. Oh, Adidas. Oh, Adidas. Adidas oh. It? It's Adidas. No, it's Adidas. Oh, but 
I'm the only one wearing them, so. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also Nike or Nike. I jumped on yours with the Nike, but I say Nike. Yeah, it's Nike. Pre so Pre-Mark or Primark? <laughs> <laughs> it's Adidas. What did I say? Adidas. Adidas. It's Adidas. You nearly, it's not Adidas. No, it's I, Adidas. I, yeah, isn't that American? Adidas. Yeah. German. So, German. So it's Nike. What? The, the, the brand is German. But the, but the way you're saying it, for me, is Sounds American. Sounds German. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think in America, they say Adidas and they say Nike. In the UK, we say Nike and Adidas. That's my understanding. Right, Nads? In the UK, yeah, you yeah. mean London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just come down. I feel a little bit outnumbered here, four to one, but it's definitely Adidas. I don't I, know. I, We'll have to put a poll on Insta. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. We might I think you're wrong. Can we do a pronunciation thing? We search it. What on Google? How to pronounce? Yeah. What if I said if I asked Siri, would he be able to tell me? Yeah, it's torture on, by the way. Let's not do it because you think you're wrong, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, no, I'm gonna do it then, no, right? Uh, pronounce Adidas, right? How do we spell pronounce? P I don't think this is gonna yield the search results you want it to. Because <laughs> you're you telling know, you're it. Going to Google, After I've got the answer. <laughs> I haven't got the answer. So, how do you remember how to spell Adidas, by the way? One D. Uh, after a dinner, D. I did that shit. That's right. That's exactly <laughs> oh! what I said in my head. That's exactly what I said in my head. I've heard of that. That is literally how I spell it. Yeah. Hang on a minute. When you just said that, I was like, "What? Where, where's this podcast going?" Like, oh, you didn't tell me where to prepare that because I've got so many stories. Did you not do that at school? And then all day long, I dream about sex. No, is that? That's another. Yeah, because it's all day long. I dream about sport, isn't it? Oh. Oh. That's right. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Hang on. Hang on. Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? Adidas. It's all down here from you. Adidas. <laughs> I feel outnumbered, but I'm definitely sure it's Adidas. <laughs> and the worst part is as well, it says underneath, the brand is delivered from the name of German founder Adolf Dassler. If you're so, I've just told you it's all day long a dream about sport, which isn't true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're probably pronouncing the sneaker. If you're from America, you're probably pronouncing the sneaker brand Adidas. Mm -hmm. That's completely wrong. It's Adidas. Hey. Hey. Can we start again, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, let's do. Let's start with a normal check-in. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna start with you, and then we'll work our way round. So. You know what we're doing with the check-in. We you take a little bit of a moment to check in where you are. You're not allowed to say I'm doing all right. I'm very happy that you've been proven wrong yet again. <laughs> it's the first Adidas. time on 150 uh, miles yeah. in three years. <laughs> it's taken you to bring in the cavalry. <laughs> I felt bad because I brought that Google check there. But thank, thank you for entertaining us. Will you join us every time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, very happy, excited. This is fun. We've been... Uh, Having a laugh already, so this is uh, yeah, good good times. Mm -hmm. Good times, yeah, good. Well, let's go to you, Eugene. I'm pretty great, actually. I feel um, really happy to be on here. Life is good. I saw a glimpse of the sun on the weekend, so I'm like, yeah, why not? Like, we we're, we're in a good place. Should you be reading that newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> Put it down. <laughs> I thought you were more highbrow than that. <laughs> Of the sunshine. Oh, Let me okay. just correct. <laughs> but yeah, no, really good. And and like when we do our podcasts, it's great just chatting and, and having mm. fun. So being with you guys, I feel we're gonna have the same kind of vibe. So yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah. 
also feeling good off the back of a long weekend. I'm enjoying the shorter weeks. Also enjoyed seeing the sunshine, not reading the sun. <laughs> um, yeah, just excited to be here mm. and enjoying being flanked by my two faves. Although I feel like a small child riding in the back of a car in the middle. <laughs> 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 where, the, where, the, where you've got the proper seatbelts and I've just got that one that goes across here and I could fly <laughs> out at any point, but all good. Yeah. Just the top half would fly out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hold on to you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really good as well. Um, when we get together on podcasts, it's always a vibe, isn't it? Um, but now we're joined by you guys, or we've joined you guys, and it's still a collab. Vibe. Yeah, and it feels yeah really exciting. I'm I'm gonna confess, like when we walked into the room, I totally like had a moment of like, this is so cool, this is so cool, <laughs> and because yeah, like Eugene said, we're usually just on Zoom, but this is yeah really special to be here with you guys. So thank you for having us on. Thank you. Yeah, we'll have to do it, but like make sure this isn't the only time, isn't it? Yeah. 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 For sure. Just like keep Definitely. bringing you back in, but yeah. we'll have to, you know, don't keep making me look silly. Next time you come, we'll do pre mark and prime mark. I'll make sure I've done some research. Oh, Nike and Nike. In Ireland, they call it pennies. Oh, let's not go there, though. What? What, Primark? Oh, uh, yeah. What, Primark? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's called pennies. What, it's the same place, but it's called pennies? Same company, but I think it's called pennies. Oh, he's gone with the think there. He's added thinking. <laughs> yeah. All right, where's the Google? Get your phone out. <laughs> Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, not allowed to say. Yeah, I'm all right. No, good. Lovely, like you say, with the sun's out. I think everybody's mood changes slightly when yeah. the sun's mm, out, 100. right? Uh, and I'm a proper... If I could have it my way, I'd live in the. I'd go somewhere where it was sunny all the time. Mm. We've had this discussion on 115 miles before. You're Has is a seasons person, aren't you? I am a seasons person. So Has yeah. is happy with the seasons. I'm gonna go this way, that way. Are you seasons, or would you have it hot all year round if you could? Oh, I think I prefer it hot all year round. Yes, I think I do. I gotta go seasons because when the seasons change, so for example, this weekend where it's felt like spring slash summer, the, the sense of joy, jubilation, excitement in the air, it's kind of worth the bleakness for that joy. So I'm seasons. Yeah, I'm not buying that. See, you were like. Does hot weather even exist? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it does. What a tropical island. <laughs> In Australia on the beach, yeah. <laughs> they're in Australia on the beach now going, this is nice, but imagine how nice it would be if it was fucking so last I am hot all year round. I think what people forget when we talk about the weather and seasons and hot all year round is the fact that it's bright. Like one of the things that mm. makes me happy is because I wake up in the morning and it's bright. Like yesterday at eight o'clock, it's still bright. I think mm. daylight is so important. So I don't mind if I'm sweating at 30 degrees, 40 degrees. I just want it to be oh. bright and, and yeah. you said you said 30 degrees, 40 degrees, like bro, 40 degrees yeah, is a lot. Snow. Yeah, I don't care. But it's I don't a want lot. The snow. <laughs> okay. if, if it means it melts the snow, then that's the life I'm about. Okay. <laughs> but but do you have an optimum temperature? Because yeah. I remember yeah. going to the Atlas. I went I went to Morocco and it was 50 degrees and it was so hot. I didn't speak for the whole holiday. <laughs> yeah. And I was a totally different person and personality because I was just Focusing on surviving. Yeah. Like, do you have a temperature where it's like? Jo Josh sweats at thirteen degrees. So <laughs> <laughs> Sweat terribly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fifty might be a little bit too hot. Yeah. 
Listen, 30, 35. Oh, you see now, revising too hot. Yeah, 50. Seasons. You're back hot. to seasons. That's, that's a season. What, what 30, Between 35? 13 degrees when you start sweating and then 35. No, that's May to July. <laughs> no, listen. <laughs> I, like, I, don't, I don't need it to be 13. I'm 30, I said. 3 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy 30 to 35. And look, if you really need that cold weather to enjoy the hot, you could go on <laughs> holiday skiing. Yeah. yeah. So you just want Britain to be a hot place, do you? It, yeah. But that is that too much to ask? <laughs> <laughs> too much for you to ask? But is, is that not stop? just I'm global coming around to the idea, actually. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm like... Because you, yeah. you didn't say we could go do cold elsewhere. I thought you just meant like the whole, the world just has one <laughs> hot temperature the whole time. Well, that wasn't what I said, was it, Has? <laughs> you didn't clarify. <laughs> and now you're clarifying. It's very xenophobic. I didn't say I want to get rid Britain, of the North yeah. Pole. Yeah, just Britain, just keep Britain hot. Yeah. <laughs> Keep Britain tidy keep, keep and hot. Keep the other seasons out. Everybody the cap, make Britain yeah. hot again. Yeah. <laughs> no, i wear that. I'm going to put it on the side of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> and make promises. Look what we can do with all these extra degrees. <laughs> yeah, that's why I voted Brexit. <laughs> keep the cold out. <laughs> that cold coming to our country, taking our jobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Snow plows are in business. Like, what happened to the deck chairs? Oh, yeah. damn this cars. I'm on the bus and there's just cold everywhere. <laughs> you know? All I want, you know, it's not too much to ask. It's just hot everywhere on the bus. All I want to see is hotness. But that is a hot, cold thing. You know, when someone on the bus opens a window and does let the cold in, that is a pet hate of mine. The kind oh, of window, window wars. Have you ever had that on buses and trains? I have, yeah. When people, and they yeah. sort of give a little bit of a look around as yeah. well, as if to say, yeah. Yeah. Do something. I've opened it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone closes it and it's like, oh, it gets a bit tense sometimes yeah, yeah, on the 133. That's a South London bus. It is, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah. like, you for laughing anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> were like, ha, ha. South London. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's different cultures though, because uh, growing up in Swindon, like to get the bus was like, you, you were embarrassed to get the bus, but that's oh. not the same in London, is it? Because it's like, the bus is a normal thing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, in Swindon, it's like we're growing up, it was like you got the bus. What'd you get there? How'd you get around? Just horse and car. <laughs> <laughs> no, like car. Okay. I don't know, or walk. But yeah, the bus was seen as a bit sort of like working class. How is oh. it? Yeah. What were you growing up? Working class. <laughs> you, <know. laughs> you know what I mean? You know, it's like, oh, you got the bus. Anyway, we're going to move on to uh, room 101. I'm going to, I don't want to keep going this way. So I'm going to start with you, Fran. Room 101. Okay, so mine's not um, very deep. It's just things that have happened to me this weekend. So I'm just going for the literal practical things. Um, so I've got a couple if that's all right, but I won't take up the whole podcast. So one of mine was I was on a train going up north on Saturday. And when, and this is interesting in terms of the order that people wash their hands, is when you go for the soap on the train and then there's no water. <laughs> and I was there on the train with a handful of soap and no water Lathered to hands. wash. Yeah. <laughs> and then that that to me is a real, that needs to go in room 101 where there's no water on a train. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. So I was stuck there and I just had to, yeah. What but did then, you do? Come on, tell us. Well, I just, <laughs> I, I just had to, yeah. So, and then it's interesting because I was thinking about the order of way around people do it. Are you, do you water then soap or are people soap then no, water? No, I'd be soap. But usually, I was thinking usually it's the other way around. There's water, but no soap. So I've yeah. got a bit of a confession. Yeah. If I'm on, if I use the toilet on a train, 
I am so grossed out by it, I will touch absolutely nothing, including the sink to wash my hands. You don't have to touch the sink. You have to touch the taps. Oh no, but sometimes no, you don't. No, you it's like put, you just put your hand up. It's sensors. Yeah. Nah, Clearly, he doesn't I'm, even. I'm, <laughs> I'm in and out of there. I've got oh, a thing really? about washing, like touching service stations. Yeah. I'm not oh. even. I'm they not washing my bad, hands there. Yeah. Oh no, I always wash my. I always you have to. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. After because I, because you're touching all because I'm touching all the surfaces. I'm like oh, okay. I have to leave. The last thing I have to do is wash. Yeah, but then when elbow yeah elbow out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Josh, you just confess that. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy with where I don't even. Want to we're all going to my we shake Josh's hand today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had so, a second one. So, so, so soapy hands, and then when I came back to London later that day, flat tire on my bike, mm. and I haven't had one for about five years. And as a cyclist, um, I was like, they are the most annoying things. So my bike is tied up with a flat tire, had to get the train home and I can't get anywhere at the moment. So these are quite personal, very like egocentric yeah. 101s, but there were just things that happened to me that I thought, oh, they're really, really annoying. I can't imagine changing an inner tube with soapy hands either. <laughs> <laughs> Do you At least not you have, get the dirt on your hands. Do you not yeah. have... Um, you didn't the, think that was the, funny, did no, you? No, I didn't. <laughs> 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 Move on. What you'll notice is when, when Hass drops jokes that aren't funny, I just... Carry yeah, you just, you just threw him shade on it anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you not have the uh, the gloop in your in your inner tube? The gloop in... <laughs> Sorry, what? that just... <laughs> so, did you not know... On my... what Have you got like a... What sort of bike have you got? A mountain bike or... Uh, I've got a Peugeot that's about 43 years old. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, no, my inner tube, I've they fill it with like a green gunk. Oh. And then you don't pop your tyres because as soon as the gunk in there hits air, it hardens. Solidifies. It's wow. Oh, so that sounds that like sounds the, not, that's not... Yeah, yeah. that sounds... No, you put, take yeah. them Halford. Yeah, they'll pump it in there yeah, for a couple of Yeah, I think it's a Halford. Quid. It's not that oh. posh. Oh, is it not? Yeah, it's yeah. not that posh. <laughs> so maybe that's what I'll, I'll do Get them, later yeah. today. Buy them on Amazon. They're good. Do you know why they know that in Twinder? Because they never took buses. <laughs> 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 you are funny. You're right. Josh is like, oh, you're funnier than me today, House. But yeah, so quite personal ones, but they were a few just recently. Shall we vote by way of hands if to put them in there? Should we do this for each one? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so the first one, no water on the train in the thing. Hands up if you think it should go in. Wait, hold on. Do we get one vote or we can... Vote twice. We can vote. So if well, I choose Brad to go vote. in, I can still choose other people. Oh, no, you're thinking it. You can, you can, yeah. choose, you can okay. chuck them all yeah. in there if you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Don't worry, because everyone's like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I've only got some money. I'm like, oh, no, 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 you can vote each time. So okay. the, no water in the taps on the train. 101, Soapy hands, hands goes yeah. in. In. Goes in. in. Okay, free. I didn't. Uh, I voted. I didn't vote because I don't. Because you don't. Want <laughs> and I'd rather save the planet and save the water. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, really not. Yeah, me too. Trying to reframe your and life. Number two, flat tires. Yeah, it's got to go. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't ride a bike. I so think it's. Like, it's so annoying. I have no emotion. Yeah. Like, I don't ride bikes. Yeah, I know. I've got I've got a pumpkin in my boot for my yeah. car, so I'm all good. Empathy. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Nadine. No, okay. it's all right, babe. Well, you yeah. had two. I think the water, no water on the train. Yes, definitely. Got definitely. In there. Has, let's go to you. Um, algorithms. Oh. Yeah. Mm. So let me explain. No, yeah. I'm once, once <laughs> I think I maybe lingered a bit too long watching a video of a dog eating a carrot. 
As you do. And now my social media thinks that I'm really into dogs eating carrots. <laughs> so I just keep serving up videos because of the algorithm. And I, I ain't a person who likes watching dogs eating carrots. Why did but you stop you, on it the first time? Yeah. Then? I just lingered a bit too long. I, I mean, I thought, well, this is interesting. So you do like dogs eating carrots? No, not like, <laughs> like Now, I, might have, I may have a casual fondness for fun pet videos. Yeah, I do too. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you two are that, really but, bonding. But, but, you were like, yeah. <laughs> it's the proximity. Yeah. 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 Um, but now, like, it sort of started to mess with my mind. And now I think maybe I'm one of those people that actually likes watching animals eat food. Yeah. It's yeah. what the algorithm wants. That's what, yeah. exactly. That's what it wants. Get, get rid of it. But oh, what do we lose without an algorithm? Because my thing is that what the algorithm has picked up and I do kind of like it. I don't know if I liked it before or I like it because the algorithm has pushed it towards me, mm. which is watching people getting their hair done, cut or like plait plat or whatever. That's what I like before watching. Before you knew it. No, no, now. You didn't know it. No, I didn't know I liked it. It's not like I was yeah. standing outside the barber. So that's the supporting the algorithm. I know. I kind of am because, like, you don't. It's almost like I was introduced to something brand new. And when I, I walked too fast past the salon or the barbershop in the 90s, whereas actually, if I slowed down, I would have loved what I saw. So I think I'm a bit mm. of. I'm, I'm in too. I'm in too. I'm, no, I, see, I'm with you because no. I think the algorithm gets a lot of bad stick, yeah, but. I like what it serves me up, man. Like I get trainer adverts all of the time on there. Like my, I quite like the algorithm. And then once you get to know it, you can sort of manipulate it a little bit, can't you? It should serve you how to pronounce Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> now it will, now you search it. We'll serve yeah, you up. Yeah. I, I get scared by the like, which maybe is linked to algorithm, the phone listening in. Like I was with my mate the other night and she was telling me how she wanted to buy an orange sofa. Riveting conversation. Ever since then, I've had yeah. orange sofas wow. coming yeah. through my phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. So that that's a little bit. And also I get one that it's almost like they know your demographic. So it's like over 40, life insurance, yes. menopause, all yes. sorts of jazz. Like I'm like- Animals uh, eating not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, that, I get really like direct marketing, you know, mm. are you nearly dead vibes? And I'm like, come on. So yeah, I don't like my, you know the over 40 sales as well is They now serve you when you go on a website, they serve you an ad, don't they? As, like comes up saying, are you happy with the cookies? Yeah. Like, if you say, no, I reject them all, they're going to go, all right, we won't, we won't listen to you then. Yeah, like we were yeah. without your permission. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we had this conversation, yeah. didn't we? And yeah. you were like, yeah. I reject them all. I'm like, yeah. I just ignore that. Accept the cookies. Accept, yeah, yeah. I accept them yeah. because I think, yeah. like if I put reject, they're going to go, ah, oh, we can't, yeah. <laughs> we can't secretly yeah. listen to him now because yeah. he said no. Like yeah. uh, the phones listen, I think. No, oh yeah, yeah. TikTok's yeah. going Absolutely. for a massive thing in it of, yeah. They're actively like being caught gathering data, aren't they? Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh. You know, like on, on like a top level, I really don't like the fact that it happens. But on like a personal level. You like the personalization? I do, man. Yeah, but the problem is that you, you start to just get sucked into it. Don't you? Yeah, so that's like how, serious point, radicalization and stuff starts. Yeah. yeah, but I do think that there's a step before that, and that is the once you suppress and don't allow people to have genuine fears, however uncomfortable it makes you feel, right? It's the second phase when they don't feel like they can talk openly about it, when the algorithm will start to, people who have extreme views will then start to play on the fact that they don't get to talk about anything anywhere, and then they're pushed down the extreme view mm. tunnel. 
Mm. So does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's that that's we talked about I got a friend Ivan, right? Sorry, we're going off down a bit of a rabbit hole here, but I got a friend Ivan who like goes into schools now talking about how you become like extremists and stuff like that. And um he the way he got he was named as um Tommy Robinson, his uh like most trusted right hand man in Tommy Robinson's book, right? Oh, wow. And when you hear his story, Ivan's, <clears throat> he basically grew up in Lowestoft, right? Which is well, like he said, it's like predominantly white people that live there. And like at the time he felt like looking back retrospectively, the media were feeding a lot of narratives that like, you know, there was the terrorist stuff going on and the media were very good at like portraying it's whenever it was like a Muslim person, it was like Muslim person has done a terrorist attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he said he had these kind of genuine fears because he didn't see a lot of like anybody else but white people in the town that he lived in. So he had these fears, but he felt like whenever he talked about these fears, he was silenced and shut down. Mm. And then because he was quite lonely online, he started seeing other people talking about these fears and then found himself down through the algorithm, through this, down this like extreme view mm. rabbit hole, yeah? Then he ended up getting involved with the English Defence League. His story changed when he went to meet a Muslim man to uh, organize what was gonna happen with some riots with the English Defence League. And this chap uh, invited him into his house. Mm. And then they realized, actually, we both have the same fears here. Mm. And when we talk to each other, we realize we're both exactly the same. Mm. We're just scared of things that actually aren't true. Mm. Yeah. And now he goes with this guy and some other people and they go around schools tackling and extreme extremism, right? But the, the point of the story is, is that it, I think it's sometimes too easy and simplistic to blame the algorithms where you wouldn't, I don't think people would naturally go down those rabbit holes as much if we were having proper conversations on a more broad level. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the sad truth though is that that story is an exception rather than the rule, right? And so, yes, there should be more happening, um, but the way that you do that, how do you bring two opposing forces together? Mm. Uh, that happened by chance, but how do you do that more systematically? Mm. It just doesn't happen because funding's being cut and uh, you know, and there's commercial interest to keep driving kind of the narratives around, you know. But that's the thing, that's what I'm saying is, is that algorithms are not necessarily the initial problem. The initial problem, I think, is a, like a broader media level because all of that shit's controlled. Yeah. Yeah, that would nowhere's having proper conversation. It's, it's serving a purpose. It's not yeah. just there, you know, the yeah. bit of people watching cats eating carrots. There's <laughs> cats as well. So you've been doing cats and yeah, you, you said dogs. Yeah, but, maybe it's so, I'm maybe an it's, animal lover. I'm, I'm starting to feel. I'm starting going. to feel like it's your your carrot lover. I was like, is it the carrot? Seen a cat eating a carrot, they were like, you know, that's serious dexterity, isn't it? Like, with the paws. Uh, should we vote? I'm ready to vote. So, algorithms. Hands up who's putting algorithms in room 101. Yeah, of course. Can I be in the middle? No. No, no. You gotta vote. You can abstain, which is the same as voting against, so. No, I won't sit in the fence. No, not for me. It's not going in there. It's not going in there. I am going to put the algorithm. You're going to put in no, no one. No, I'm not. I, I, I'm all right. No, I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. It's not going in, Hass. You're I'm sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Enough. Nadia, I'm going to I'm going to come to you next. Okay. So, mine is noisy eating. <laughs> 
it disturbs my soul. I can't bear it. It's you, you're having a reaction. No, no, it's just because my daughter hates it. And oh, my like, God. Oh, reminding me how noisy I am. Oh. So we probably can't eat food no, together. We, was we meant to do lunch after this? It's going to happen. I think I'm, I'm a noisy eater, oh, apparently. I, I you're a noisy eater? No, but... I've eaten with you. Okay, You've not offended few. me. Okay. You're yeah. not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Who's on the list, Nads? Do you know? No, no. no. <laughs> the cameras um, are looking at. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, th I, I'm, I'm not going to disclose who's on the list. Um, but I think. But there is a list. I think, do you know, I, well, I'll just give you some more detail about why this is a problem yeah. for me. So I, I, I don't want to hear the food in your mouth like I, I don't want to do yeah, that yeah 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 and I don't want to hear your cutlery on your teeth like mm, that, yeah people oh, do that okay they do that when you they put it in their mouths and then they scrape off oh, oh. oh. why are you doing that because like, I can't imagine cutlery hitting my teeth what? oh no, but some people do it that's what about people that do like an audible like enjoyment of food while they're eating that's different mm. oh what you're allowing that <laughs> that's a that's allowed I don't want to hear the clapping or the like can we have an impression yeah like, yeah. like, but the it's of the yeah, lips, yeah. yeah. And the seeing of the food in the mouth. Seeing, why do I need to see your? Mm. your Hold on, what about if it's like food? crisps and that you can't control that? Style? No, 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 no. Because the crunch is okay. Yeah. It's once it goes in and there's like with yeah, the crisps. Yeah, why? Yeah, 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 that really, that. really upsets the first me. First bite's okay. After yeah. that, yeah, yeah, it's all downhill. I also don't like. <laughs> When the when your when your cutlery is going in, oh, like, oh yeah, 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 that is yeah, so yeah, yeah. like it's so upsetting to the point yeah. where I don't like cut my food like that. You eat with plastic I, I, knives I, and forks. No, 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 yeah. I tear. Yeah, yeah. So you I, don't. Yeah, the risk of the knife. Yeah, scraping. scraping. It's Especially like, if they have them clay plates, oh, they're like a little oh, yeah, bit rough. A couple of dollars. Awful. Do you know oh. what? I think like I need. Oh yes, I feel like you're gonna. Burn. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. he's like. Oh. I can't because I'm a noisy eater, but. But the cutlery thing, I'm with you. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, yeah, we should just all have like bamboo plates or something, then I'd be all right. Yeah. But yeah, clap in your mouth. Why are you eating like a goat? I don't need to hear that. Eating like okay. a goat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Annoying. And um, why are you scraping? Why are you scraping your plate? Can I, can I give it like a, this is us being very kind of um, open-minded. So what if you had sinus issues? <laughs> I and won't be here with you. Are you struggling? Are you struggling? Yeah, no, 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 no. to breathe. Like I uh, feel like all of the people with sinus issues, like we're just not, we're not considering them in the room right now. Well, they can like. go in as well. <laughs> they <Sinus> can go. <laughs> yeah, people yeah. sinus. That was my one. <laughs> <laughs> they can go. No, in. they can. Problem. They can be in that room, and I'll be <laughs> over there. No, 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 no. I do you know what it is as well because I think in some cultures like it's you know noisy eating is the thing like apparently you know if you get more oxygen in it helps with the the taste or something oh. I'm not down I'm not down for it and also maybe just showing that enjoyment of the food yeah. is that sort of like I like mm -hmm. that How's it seriously, <laughs> like, seriously, How's it like that goat. <laughs> 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 yeah, you just sound like you're really enjoying that meal. Like, I know. Yeah. Oh, that's changed it a bit for me when you said some culture. I used to work with a guy mm. who used to, when I used to work in a factory, he used to bring in, ironically, curried goat. <laughs> and the way he ate his curried goat, yeah. he would like show you through noise 
that the curried goat. Okay. Like, yeah. No, no, no. But did he go? Mm, or did he go? No, but he would chap his like. Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. No, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Made me want no. the goat. Do you know who caught, who made that? Did he make that himself, or did someone make that? No, he used to make the goat. Because yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh. Just think about that <laughs> I think when you eat food that is made with love, it it I think the noise should be allowed. Because I'm just thinking about when my mum cooks my like favourite dish. I'm from Nigerian background. When my mum cooks some of that dish, I had some of it yesterday. She packed some away from me and it's called um, uh, Eba and Egwishi soup. You eat with your hands. And I'm like, the way I eat that is different to how I eat. Okay, like, but So I'm like... Are you slurping? <laughs> no, but I'm on my own though. So okay. I'm like, yeah, with the mouth. <laughs> in front of the TV. And I think that's... that's Would you uh, have eaten it differently if Nads was... Yeah, well, now I was. We've never had that. It's on you for you go out for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. I know, like, no, but yeah, we're the restaurant. We haven't been to... We haven't had Nigerian food together. No, that's right. true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Okay, we're going to vote. Uh, who thinks that, that noisy eaters should go in room 101? Yeah, generally I'm, I'm, I'm in. Listen, because I hate the cutlery thing so much, yes. I'm gonna, but it means I have to go in there because I'm very noisy <laughs> eating. To the point of, uh, my brother-in-law once said to me, is that a bit hot, Josh? <laughs> I was going to... <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's not. It's not hot. It's just good. It's just good. I'm, I'm gonna be with you, Josh. Like, I'm, it's going in, but I also, my partner all the time, she's always like, are you all right there? Are you just like, are you enjoying that? And I'm like, and then, but when I tried to like close my mouth and be quiet, I can't eat. But you've never offended me. I'm like, then I, but now, into, but now then I turn into a cat eating a carrot. To it, you're gonna know. No, so yeah. I'm in it, but I'm yeah. Yeah. Has what was your vote? I think I have to be in with you two as well because I've been accused of. Gom, 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 gom. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Why first children, thing to go though? in. Yeah. The first thing to go into room. Oh no, yeah. you had some stuff as well, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good one. Eugene, we're on to we're on to you. Yes. So I'm just going to paint the the scene a little bit. How long we got? For All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, Uncle. Because oh, Uncle Uncle, Uncle, Uncle likes to go. Yeah. I don't know if no, that's for context. These, on our podcast, these guys apparently I talk a lot and, and, and that's <laughs> it. Like, Never been. <laughs> I was basically like, you remind me of like, you know, your uncles. Like when you was growing up, they go, I want, to, I want to talk to you. Come and sit down. <laughs> uncle, I don't have time. But yeah, come on, come so on. Come on, uncle. Come on, uncle. He's like, for so, context, we're like, yeah. okay, sit comfortably. So you have a problem in your house, like your internet's down, your TV's down or whatever, and you have to call up your provider. And they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna put you on on hold. And then the, you got the hold music and stuff like that. That's annoying, but that's not my problem. What I want to put in room one on one is the constant reminder that they are waiting for you. <laughs> so you're on hold, and they're like, oh, um, do 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 the music's playing. Da, 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 da. Oh, just to let you know, we are, your call is important to us, and we'll get to you soon. Five seconds later, telling me that same message, telling me that same message over and over again, and it's been half an hour. I'm like, yeah, I knew you were waiting for me because I'm still on the phone. Like, why are you constantly reminding me that my call is that your call, my call is important to you? Just say it once and let the music play. And also, let me choose the songs. Like, don't <laughs> yeah, the music can be. Yeah, the music can be difficult, mm, yeah. but also I'm in a particular zone. Like, I just woke up. I want calm music, and actually, it's 3:30. That's when my hip hop playlist starts playing. Like, let me choose that. 
on the call. Don't don't be playing me Celine Dion at three thirty when I should be listening to Jay Z. Sorry, I'm just angry. Oh look, you just get angry. I know. Yeah. Not my theory is they put bad music on so people will hang up. Hang up. That is a good shout. Yeah, because if you put like what. Your favorite. Yeah, I'm just saying they're having a break. He's gonna be hanging out, chilling, <laughs> yeah. exactly. waiting. Like, with that music though, I don't, I don't get offended. But I put like a little beat on it in my head, so I'm just, I start like enjoying <laughs> yeah, it. Like a music, yeah. like yeah, yeah. yeah. Never music with a beat. Yeah. Would you rather them repeat that every few minutes, or them tell you that your the weight is <laughs> your your, your number is two hundred and three? Yeah, what? Or you've got two out or whatever? No, I would prefer for them to tell me why I'm in the queue. Like, because mm -hmm. then at least I know I'm progressing. If if after yeah. like 10 minutes, they're like, you're still 117th in the queue, then I'm hanging up and I'm playing Jay-Z on my own without, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the call. But the fact is, and and also when they tell you that reminder that we're waiting for your call, it's that little bit of excitement. You're like, music's playing, and then you hear it changing. Like, <gasps> yeah, you think your call is still important. Yeah, when it changes It's still important to us. I was like, mate. <laughs> is it, <laughs> is it like the inauthenticity? Would you rather them just say, your call isn't important? Yeah. We, we don't actually care. Yeah, or, or <laughs> and we're going to be on hold for three hours. Yeah, or we're having lunch and somebody's eating with goats or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so, we so we can't get to the phone. Like, something like that. Like, don't, yeah. Or just don't tell me, just play the music or tell me like every five minutes. Like if the music's playing, I know you're, uh, you're waiting for me. Mm. Are you do want them to tell you every five minutes? Yeah, well, you just don't tell me so frequently. Like, yeah. I'm like, because I'm like... What's the optimal cadence? Probably three minutes and 12 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, That's like track. After yeah. every track. Yeah. Exactly. When the track finishes, just a reminder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a while. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed that song and we'll, we're still waiting, but then here's another track that you can listen to. You just want to listen to your radio song. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I want. But that's what I would like. Just the reminders of put that in the... Some of them do tell you the cue though, down note. Yeah. Mm. Well, they have the callback, even better. Yeah. Like, if you don't want to hang about, we'll call you back. Have you ever trusted that shit? Well, I'm telling you, because <laughs> yeah. no one phones me back. No. Yeah. They yeah. don't phone me back. If you want, you can hang up and we'll call you back. <laughs> yeah, Same like, stage yeah. of the queue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I'm not <laughs> Listen, I'm going to start making my dinner, put you on loudspeaker. And that's the problem, yeah? It's every time it cuts off to them to tell you that you're still waiting, you're like... Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. <laughs> but the worst, my worst experience go, um, thinking about cut off and calling back is I was waiting. I'll be allowed to mention individual. Uh, what, yeah. Uh, oh, Name and shame them. Virgin Media. Oh. <laughs> waiting, my internet was down. Waited something like 42 minutes and 20 seconds. And then the phone just hang, hangs up. I was going to oh, say, I I've had they, that. They are notorious Yeah, you feel that. like someone's just gone now. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. And by the way, whenever you're phoning a, a, a Wi-Fi provider, they're like, please tell us in a few words while you're on this call. <laughs> and you go, Wi-Fi down. I heard your Wi-Fi is down. Is that correct? Yes. Did you know you could visit... Yeah, <laughs> and, then they, and then they hang you're up. You're not listening, are you? Yeah. You're not listening. <laughs> My Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> I can't visit. I'd love to visit www.helpcenter.com, but my Wi-Fi is down. And they do that. They hang up yeah, at the end, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Then you have to go back through. Yeah. And choose a different option. Yeah. Yeah. And every time you do it, you think you're being really clever. You're like, the next time you hang up and then you come back and they're like, why are you calling? You're like, uh, I'm going to leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard you're going to leave. Is that correct? You're yeah. like, yeah. Hi, I'm James. Yeah, then they normally yeah. answer quickly. Yeah. 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 Some of them are getting wise to it, though. Yeah, they just exactly. go, your contract has been cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> The inflation oh, fee will I'm be sent you. I'm bluffing you. <laughs> Please let me come back. <laughs> I'm sorry.
Okay, I think we better vote. Uh, who's putting this in, in room 101? Yeah. Yeah, it's hand up for me. I think it's yeah. going in. What, why are you debating, lads? What, do you want people to she talk? She just wants to argue second? with you. Yeah, That's yeah, it. No. Like, there's no yeah. debate. Yeah. I want to take my back of that. No, no, no. Do you know what it is? Do you know what? I am going to put my hands up. This is why. It's the music or the time waiting doesn't offend me, but the frequency would. Like the free, that's the, oh, that's the, yeah, the that's frequency, that's, yeah, yeah, I'll put that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like yeah. making the beats as well. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's it. Like, I like what's your optimum time though? Um, for, just for a little check-in to remind you of how long it's going to be. Maybe like two minutes. I think that would be all right. So short, are you like it every two minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's it never be... thought about this ever before this conversation? Like what's the optimal waiting time between? Oh, yeah, 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 I've yeah. never <laughs> thought about <laughs> it. Really, what, none of you, none, that's never come to your mind. You guys have never been annoyed by that. You know what, I think no. it's enough in the world to be worrying about. No, that's, that's right, my Hush. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hush just watched yeah, videos yeah, yeah. of dogs eating carrots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got all day. I feel a bit hard done by I it. I got all day, yeah. I don't care how long you got, yeah. Okay, it looks like it's going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Make the noise, Josh. Uh, That's what I normally <laughs> do when it's in there. Oh, because we do this quite a lot. My one uh, is... It's not going in. <laughs> <laughs> Vote. Adult sleepovers. Uh, is that uh, a thing? But is that not... Just hear me out. It's not actually adult sleepovers I hate. It's the offer to stay at your place after a social event. <laughs> someone offer it, someone <laughs> like me coming to your house for social events saying, oh, I'll, no, no, I'll no. just stay around. So, so we're at a social event, yeah? Right. It's like near your house. Yeah, so it's quite far away from mine. And you're like, you know, afterwards, if you want, you could crash at mine. <laughs> you're not on it. I'm like, you want me to do a night of socializing? <laughs> and then you think what I want after a fucking night of socializing yeah. is some time at your gaff. <laughs> And more socialising. Oh, like, the, yeah. I feel like that person's trying to be helpful. I know they're trying to be helpful. That makes it worse. It's like you don't want me to sleep at your house. I know you don't want me to. You're offering because you think you should. I, I don't care if you've got a spare room. I'd rather sleep on a bed of nails in the centre of a roundabout than come back. And then because now I've got to come back. I'm, I've done a bit of socialising that I didn't want to do. Right. I've right. gone because I have to. Right. Yeah. Now I'm at your house. That awkward, like, are we, shall I, can I go to bed now? Yeah. And then in the morning, oh. and then in the, 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 in the morning, I got to wake oh. up and share toast with you. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, like, yeah. honestly, oh. I, the thought of it. No, but can I, sorry, can I just ask, does it depend on who it is? No. Oh, wow. No, in Even fact, if I knew you less, it would be better. <laughs> But then we both kind of know, we don't know each other. There's your room, it's a bit like a hotel. If I know you, it's like, you know, you want to dissect me. No. A family member? No. Oh, wow. No, not that's even family. Even, pardon? Not, not even family. No. Uh, listen, I'll come to your social event if I have to. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to drive, yeah, so I can yeah. leave when I want. Fair. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. when I leave, I don't want to see human beings. Okay. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. How often do you get these offers? Offers, the yeah. Because I'm just trying to think about how often do I get those offers? Just get do you get them like every week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every week, do you want to go and say around my address? Testing uh, friendship when now. I, yeah. yeah. When I travel with work, people will often say to me, um, you know, you can crash at ours if you want. Mm. Look at like, his face. I know, you're like. I'm like, hey, I'll have a look. <laughs> Crashing at work. Colleagues and work network people's no, 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 yeah. no, no friends, man, not friends. Like now we're at an age where they've normally got family as well. This is my wife. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have a good night? Yeah. I'm just putting the kettle on. You, no. Uh, I want to say no, but I'm going to say yeah. yeah. Because it's rude, isn't it? Yeah. I can't say, I just want to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go. Oh, the kids. I Yeah. <laughs> oh, now the kids are there and you're going to show me photos of the kids that are there. <laughs> oh, this is Josh, nice. Josh, they're just being nice. Yeah, I don't want to be. What are you doing in their house? I don't like being nice <laughs> for nice's sake, man. Okay. Now, has has that happened, or do you think are you just thinking about a scenario that might play out? It's I mean, never happened because I always say no. Okay. I've never done it. I've never crashed. They, they probably don't. They Some don't, people they... offer you the sofa. Yeah. You crash on a sofa if you want. What? <laughs> you want me to come and do more socializing and have a shit night's sleep? <laughs> oh no, well you're not gonna sit, sleep on a bed of nails in a roundabout. <laughs> yes. I'll sleep there. <laughs> I'll go to bed when I want. Yeah. I don't have to socialize. <laughs> I, I thought you'd all be like, yeah, 100% no, with you. I just don't remember the last time I was offered an adult sleepover. I don't That's know. That's because you eat Also, loud. I don't... Sleepovers <laughs> 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 sound a bit weird as well. Yeah, yeah. I think when you said like, sleepover, someone, we were all like, what? What, yeah, keys someone, in the bowl type thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, someone's nice and said, do you need a place to crash? That's it. Yeah, so... Adult sleepovers yeah. sound a bit weird. Okay, not adult sleepovers. Literally asking somebody if they want to crash at yours. Nice, That's what I want to go in. I want no, a good reason why nice. it's not. People I want nice. a good reason why it's not. So, the reason why, a good reason why it's not is convenience. So, like, if I've traveled a long distance, I actually want someone to offer me because I'm like, I'm not driving all the way. I live in. Listen, mate, you can get a travel lodge for 20 <laughs> Yeah, but I just. You never have to do a gig. Yeah, I was like, let me cancel you, that trip to Swindon. Would you offer people, would you offer me a place to crash up yours if I no. had to be in. Oh, no. Right. Well, if I lived in Glasgow and I came consistent. down to Swindon. I don't? Yeah. If I lived in Glasgow no, and I came down to Swindon. No, I'll pay for your hotel. Yeah. I'll pay for your hotel or I'll like tell you when it is. I want to have to <laughs> like if I know you, I'll, I'll offer to pay for it, knowing that you'll say no and pay for it yourself. Okay, um, nice tattoo. No, I, I, no, no, man. I, I need. Do you know what? I really need a little bit of space away from people at night to recharge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't human well. Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. I feel like this has gone no. down just as well as the, I wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> So is that going in 101 or? No, uh, I, no, I, I don't feel I don't feel strongly about it. Mm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm I'm oh go on. No, no, you go. I'm with you. Oh, I am. Oh, are you, you friendly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank God. I'm with you. I would I would crash at someone's if I needed to, but my preference would not to be for sure. No, that's so different. So if I've gone to a, a friend's house across London and it might be like, do you want to stay? I would rather go home for sure, have my own bed and comfort. No, but what, what if yeah, you but, wanted to stay? What have you needed to stay? Why would you need to stay? Because I want to Where are you getting this need from? For 2023, man. You can look, you can get from Glasgow to Swindon where I live in six hours. But then you can also rest and then do that six hour journey in the morning. You can rest in a hotel, man. Hey, but well, don't you want toast with them in the morning? You like, get that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Definitely. what? I really, I really respect your like, yeah, your boundary. Convict. Yeah, like, I really respect it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, but I can't still put don't it get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Still not getting in. Uh, well, I got, I got. Ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got from that. Oh. No, no, no! It wasn't art. It's a genuine like admiration. Like, yeah, yeah of Thank like, you, yeah. I'm not gonna be doing this. Oh, nice, yeah, nice yeah. thing. This when is what we're finished I need. here, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no hanging out. No. Know your limits. <laughs>
Yeah, so mine's probably half. I think it would be my preference, but I would crush if I had yeah. to. Whereas you're a hard no. Clear. Yeah. Hard, hard no. no. Yeah, yeah. Don't matter how close I am. Mm. Yeah. Poor you. I can hear everyone in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got soap on your hands or not soap on your hands, unwashed hands, and you're like yeah, yeah, in, in the twenty nine. I'll take my log. grubby hands and go home. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I thought everyone would be bang on that. Uh, right. <laughs> Uh, shall we move on to the main topic of conversation for today? Sure. We're doing terrible for time, which is great. <laughs> um, no, we're not. We've got plenty of time because this is this can be a long episode. I'm just going to throw the first question out there. And by, whoever puts their hand up first, by the way, is who I'm going to come to first. Mm. So if anybody's got a burning thing here to say, uh, what do you hate about the current conversation around workplace culture and why? And if nobody puts their hand up, I'm going to pick Hass. <laughs> he's got his phone out so he's got some shit written down over there <laughs> have you got it up Hass? don't come to me yeah I'm coming to you mate. eyes to down you. lock him oh algorithms <laughs> <laughs> people um, eating loudly in yeah. the workplace <laughs> um, so uh, what I hate uh, hate's a strong word so probably not quite hate but I would say um, it feels like conversation around culture is very polarized. You're either sort of on one side and you feel really strongly about something or you're on the other side and you feel really strongly about something. And it's very difficult to kind of um, find a middle ground often. So, for example, something we've talked quite a lot about boundaries and workplace culture. And actually, J Josh and I have a, rarely have uh, like a similar opinion, but we seem to have a similar opinion in that work is hard. Like mm -hmm. it's not always easy. And sometimes you're going to get kind of pushed out of your comfort zone. But I think there's a lot of um, narrative around workplace culture that sort of demonizes it and makes it feel like it um, it shouldn't exist in any form. And I think um, it's very difficult to have meaningful debate on stuff often because of where you sit or the other kind of the other person you might be speaking to, their inability to hear. So it's not just about you having a strong point of view. Sometimes it's an inability to hear as well. So I think... Um, that I find that sort of polarizing um, narrative um, is very difficult. I'd also say um, workplace culture, particularly when it comes to like organizations, there's a lot of posturing. There's a lot mm. of virtue signaling. There's like, we do this and like they talk more about it than is the experience of the people, Yeah. right? So they often talk about, um, you know, your employees should be your best, you know, advocates for your, for your your organization but too often what gets kind of publicly talked about on social media or in their kind of branding or their literature around kind of employee engagement or work workplace kind of culture is very different to the experience of what it's like yeah. working in organizations so i think that's what really i hate that actually probably can i can i ask you a question <laughs> like on on that subject right because i've always had this thought like when like culture is a result of the way that like we are within an organization right it's the product of the way that we are when you work with organizations, what happens if the, like the people at the top, if you've got a group of leaders within a, in, in an organization that are just not very nice people, yeah. I don't think you can train not very nice people mm. to lead a good culture. So sometimes, like I know that we need to train people and there might be like, uh, say like as you grow your business and stuff like that, as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? There might be uh, blind spots for you. I know you're a good person. You, there might be blind spots for you that create parts of the culture that need improving. Not yeah. might be, there will be. Yeah. yeah. 
But what happens when like bad people are just running a business? Like they can't, for Talk. me, my belief is if I'm being honest with you, they can't do anything but posture. Because yeah. I don't think they'll create a, do you, do you understand the question? Yeah, yeah, I do. So it, would would there would there be maybe the question is would there ever be a time where you just wouldn't where you'd go in with an organisation and you might not bluntly say there's nothing I could do for you but you might pull away and say I'm not going to work with you. Yeah, it's happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to name it, but like it's mm -hmm. definitely happened. I think um, you know that basically just signifies this, that place is going to have a toxic culture until yeah. something yeah. meaningful Major. and seismic is done. So when you're saying they can't be trained out of it, you're, you're right, you're probably right, because they've made a collective decision to get to that point. So unless something significant happens, like there's a leadership change or there is like some serious, like um, uh, consistent and persistent kind of uh, infrastructure change, it's just gonna be the same. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, for example, let's take Uber, you know, the CEO uh, of that organization, I forget his name, um, I think it was Travis Summit, but he basically allowed this sort of culture to kind of uh, manifest, which was toxic. It was, you know, it was racist. It was misogynistic. It was, it treated its kind of, you know, employees really badly. And um, and he was a very, very kind of uh, vocal and well-known kind of, you know, tech darling, you know, of bringing that company. He had to go. Mm -hmm. They had to, and then they brought in a Harvard professor to come in and you know completely change the organization and she left being like a tenured professor to come in and even i don't think she could do it now it's different now than how it was but th they had to make some serious changes and that means mm. someone the person at the top has to go often but it yeah. doesn't happen often enough yeah 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 i i was uh, just really connecting with what you were saying about you know that posturing and kind of you know this is what we say we do but what's the like what's what's the vibe in the in the organization and i think one if we've been brought in or mm. to a company then there's maybe a recognition okay something needs to change and so if it's if it's you're not willing to change then maybe you need to go so that some other change can happen but also if you if you're saying oh yeah i'm i'm a collaborative manager how do i how do i know that how do i see mm. that you can say that to me but mm. what how do your ethics play out in moment by moment? How do I kind of see you being collaborative in your emails to your staff in how you speak to you know, the, your colleagues and stuff? So I think that tells you a lot as well about how people kind of um, are, you know, what they say and what they do. How does that kind yeah. of like match up? How is that congruent? So yeah, what, how do your ethics play out in the moment by moments thing is something that I really hold on to. Like this idea as well, I think we said this before of like, oh yeah, if you can say, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm an anti-racist, you know. Oh, that's so great. How how would I know that if you didn't tell me? What yeah. would I see you doing? What what would be happening? How do I know like that you're you know you're going to challenge racism in the moment by moment? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there often is that disconnect, as you said, between like what an organisation is saying, like we are anti-racist or we respect diversity and inclusion, but if people on the ground, as you said, the vibe. I like to think yeah. of the vibe in the place. Yeah. they're not feeling that. Then that's a, a very different uh, thing and I think I agree with that polarization often in terms of strategy and culture being often seen as quite separate and actually they need to be part of the whole kind of thinking of the organization I, I read somewhere once that really uh, resonates with me in the um, culture eat strategy for breakfast and I think it's such a kind of important point to think about how you need to have them going together. And I think sometimes you might have like the people team doing culture and then maybe the CEO thinking about strategy, but it needs to be embedded in, in all of it. Mm. And I guess back to the idea of the toxic people at the top, 
it is that thing, isn't it, of how ready people are for change. I think sometimes when organisations are calling us in, um, that's a starting point. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Even if they're not quite there and they may be doing it as a little bit of posturing, there's something in that that we can work with. But I guess it is about readiness for change, I think, sometimes. And, yeah, sometimes there are some some places or people mm -hmm. um, that are, are not quite there. But, yeah, I think you see a lot of that, don't you? Like, we are anti-racist, but if the people on the ground are experiencing racism, yeah. it's a very different thing. Yeah, and definitely... And also when when I heard this question and thinking about um, culture, I think there's one word um, used to describe many different experiences. So what organisational culture looks like to the CEO and to the senior managers look very different to the mm. intern that has just started. And I think that is one of the real issues with the debate around organisational culture is that that term is put out and then it's almost like not challenged and not kind of, people are not curious about what that, what that looks like for different people in the different parts of the organization. And then a strategy is set, a direction is set, people think about things that they have to do in a practical way to challenge or change organizational culture without really getting input and buy-in from everyone in all parts of the organization. As you guys know, and I say on our podcast all the time, I'm an Arsenal fan, a football fan, a sports fan. I always make links to Mikel Arteta and how he has set the culture at Arsenal, the new culture. and the person at the top for me leads the organizational culture, but they have to be able to recognize what they don't have and what they may not have is perspective with an understanding of people's different experiences on all in all areas. So the need to actually go out there and feel and understand what's what the organization looks like from different parts of the organization is what helps you to lead, I think, a positive organisation culture. And I don't think we talk about that enough, perspective and what, what people feel at different I think I think that's a, a, such a such an important point. And um you know, the the difference in perspectives is is what often gets missed. So what you find i you know in our work is you 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 might get people genuinely and very, very authentically being ready for change in a mm. moment like a workshop or a two-day workshop mm. and you can feel it in the room you feel everyone's energy you could have the ceo in there but actually it's what happens after that yeah. and mm. how you kind of canvas the people who weren't inside the room or how do we think about the people that weren't in the room i really loved the uh, um, you know the example that you gave of of Mikel arteta and it made me think of um, a rule that the all blacks have uh, the rugby team and, and one of their kind of mottos is sweep the sheds and so basically it doesn't matter, you know, so the team, right? Mm. doesn't matter if they've won, they've lost or whatever. They always tidy up their own mm. dressing room after each game because it's like no one is bigger than anyone else, you know? And I just think that's, that's and look at them, they, they, you know, the, the motto has led to kind of them being this kind of all-powerful mm. kind of conquering team. Um, and I think uh, that is a really, you know, strong philosophy that, you know, every, no one's bigger than, you know, the organization yeah and that leads in you both use the term over here vibe and i think that's really important because I, I do think that what happens particularly in like the social media posturing world is that you can make all the rational changes that you want yeah and implement like this is this is the rational change that we're going to make and we're going to make sure we do this and this and this but if the vibe doesn't change yeah then it becomes irrelevant and i like think that we over rationalize our try and over rationalize our way out of a lot of stuff and if you use the arteta analogy one of the big decisions that he had to make for people that don't under, don't know much about football he got rid of stopped playing um Obama Yang, yeah who was a high paid like big asset really for Arsenal and he completely shut him out really and essentially said 
though he might be doing, if you took it into a work perspective, he might be doing big numbers and like achieving what we want them to achieve in its terms of an asset way, the, imp the impact that he was having on the culture of the club yeah. and the way that everybody else bought in was more like weighed more, but it, but it probably took a couple of years or a couple of seasons mm. to that to come in to fruition. Do you know what I mean? He had to go through a period of like, everybody's saying, why don't you just play Aubameyang? Why don't you just play Aubameyang? And he heard it all the time, you know? Reed Hastings, who's the uh, one of the founders of Netflix, um, said, don't tolerate brilliant jerks. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And organizations are, I'm, I'm sure Netflix has some of them, right? But you know, <laughs> but uh, the, the fact is, we see so much of it. People yeah. are like allowed to kind of get away with stuff because they're delivering numbers and they're delivering yeah. this. And actually to 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 go against that um, and take a stand and make a decision, I think it's really brave. Yeah, it's short-term pain at the price of long-term gain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you like get rid of the numbers, in the long run, it's going to be better for you. Yeah. I think that's a hard leap yeah. for people to take though, isn't it? Yeah. Especially if you put yourself in a position of a startup, yeah? Mm. Where you're like, you might only be looking a few months ahead and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it takes, you know, it, it take, it's gonna take a lot for yeah. like a founder or something to go, you know what? I'm gonna play the long game and I'm gonna get rid of somebody who might be, yeah. you know, a toxic influence on the culture in whatever way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that's why I think the transparency and the honesty is important. If you're like, I, I would prefer to, be a part of an organization when they say, look, right now, numbers is the most important thing. We need to get money. We need to get things off the ground. We're thinking about culture, but that's secondary. The, and you touched on it has, um, before is, I think the challenge with thinking about the build up of organizational culture or a particular culture, it, it becomes um, inauthentic when people are like, no, this is our priority. Whereas actually their priority is kind of numbers and money at the expense of like people feeling good and things like that. And I think mm. if transparency was was something that is the most important thing and people know that from the start, from from the beginning, then I think it's people can accept that a bit. And that's massive, man, because I've worked with, I worked, I, I can think of one or two organizations that I've worked with, startups, yeah, that have probably done what you said, which is mm. focus on the culture solely at the beginning. And they've mm. done it at the expense of, the numbers, yeah, and then they have to start swinging things around and thinking we really need to mm -hmm. focus on numbers for a minute, otherwise we ain't never going to get to a place where the culture even matters, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's like a. I always think of things in terms of like LinkedIn posts, yeah, because that's like <laughs> a good way of gauging people's reactions. Yeah, I don't know what sort of reaction that as a LinkedIn post would get. Mm. If you're a startup, focus on numbers and don't worry about yeah, culture until yeah. you've established yeah. something. Yeah. Everyone, would be, you'd get a lot of these posturing people. They'd be like, no. Yeah. Like culture, <laughs> it's not worth it. If it fails when, when it's got a good culture, then it weren't never meant to be. I can really see it, but you're talking about the nuance part. And I think that lends itself to what you were saying about sort of polarization at the beginning, yeah? Whenever, whenever, and that was what my answer to this question was gonna be, was that polarization. Whenever you polarize too much and you mm. don't get into the nuance, mm. you're always gonna miss stuff out. Yeah. And you need uncomfortable conversations. The one we've talked in length about is the hard work, which lends itself to what you were just saying. Hard work and kind of quote unquote toughness in today's world gets a little bit of a like a bad rap because mm. we did the hard grind for so long and people got tired of that. It now goes the other way. And then it's almost like if you experience any kind of stress, there's something wrong with the culture. And it's like, if you yeah. want to grow anything to be yeah. successful, you got to go into the mud, you got to go into the mud, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? And that's again, a nuanced conversation. Mm. I think also like it's not I don't think they should be mutually exclusive um, or, uh, you know, or binary, should I say. So, for example, like you might have to kind of focus on the numbers 
um, for survival of the business. And rather than or, you've got to mm. kind of bring that person to account for their behavior and kind of support them or whatever they need in terms of training. But you can't just ignore it because you run the risk of, some, of, of eroding the psychological contract with the rest of your team. So you might say, focus on the numbers, but then you know, you've lost the team, right? And some of them will start disappearing. They'll go, well, it's, it's like, you know, the, the rats are leaving the sinking ship anyway, so I'm going to jump before it gets, you know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm not going to stick this out. So I think you, you can't just just go like myoping, go just on the numbers. Otherwise, I think it's, you know, yeah. it's a risky game. Yeah. Anybody else? Who else has got some, some answers? I feel like what's going to happen is as we pose these questions, we're all going to start <laughs> putting our own answers out, right? But I do want to chuck it out there again. Anybody else got something specific that doesn't relate to what we've said so far? Or even if it does a little bit, but you want to bring it up, that you hate about the conversation, workplace culture? It's kind of a bit connected, but just the the um, idea of, oh, we need some, like, maybe some diversity and inclusion training. So come in, let's tick that box, mm -hmm. and we're now diverse and inclusive kind of work workplace. We've got a diverse and inclusive workplace culture. And I think tick boxy, Ness yeah. is something that I think I hate about workplace culture. Cause just, you know, if you're gonna do the thing, do it properly, like get the training in and then what happens after the training? Mm. Like what are we doing in the times between? How do you yeah. think we change that on like a societal level? How do we, cause it is a problem, right? Mm, the tick boxing yeah. thing is a problem. Mm. How do we try and get people to move past just ticking boxes and to do more? I was thinking, Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think it's almost back to the, the vibe. And I think it's it, often it's easier to measure, isn't it? We went and did this training or we have, you know, X, you know, diversity on our board or whatever. Whereas I think the vibe is harder to measure. So that's why I think we've got into that problem of like, oh, we've done this or we do this. Um, so I think we need to get better at measuring people's experience, yeah. um, which is it's hard because it's back to that like gray and it's a bit intangible, isn't it? Mm. Whereas I think we've got into that habit because it is easier to show those stats of what of what they are doing. So getting better at measuring the vibe. Yeah, yeah which is hard though. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How exactly. would you measure the vibe? Yeah. But, but I, I, I was just thinking about um, size. So an organization mm. when you're small compared to when you grow in when you're when you're bigger uh, when you when you're a larger company and from our experience that we've started off social matters and we're small and we're connected we have similar values um but so measuring the vibe is is a lot easier now because it's like let's go for lunch and measure the vibe and <laughs> listen to people chew and then do it <laughs> that way but but then when you get bigger, when you get bigger as a company, I think you start to inevitably get disconnected from people on on um, all areas and people who are uh, distant um, from you. But I guess, and maybe it's a bit idealistic. I think the way to answer the question, the way you do that, the way you measure the vibe, the way that you kind of challenge this tick box culture, I believe, is that you you put care at the forefront of your organizational culture. If you really care about people on all levels of your organization, then that will motivate you to think about, okay, how do I get a sense of how people are feeling and thinking? Whether that's a, a, a weekly drop-in or an anonymous uh, 
not practical box because everyone's online, but anonymous way that people can kind of uh, say how they're feeling, suggestions about things to change, uh, open levels of communication and feedback. Like, okay, this is what you said that is worrying you about organization. And this is what we've done, or this is what we're mm -hmm. thinking about doing. This is what we can't do. Because that kind of open communication, that transparency, as you would treat your your family for example if you're a parent and your child is like oh i want those new pair of of trainers then you'll be like no i can't get them because they're too expensive maybe if you do this this and that you can earn it so that transparency so a child can accept the fact that they're not getting it because that explanation has 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 been given and the reason why a parent takes that approach because they genuinely care for their child mm. and i think what happens when organizations get bigger and it's not always intentional is that people just have new priorities and you always think that someone else is thinking about what that person in catering is doing and what that person in the tech mm. team is is feeling you always think someone else is thinking about that well and everyone thinks that so then and yeah no one is is really feeling the vibe or measuring mm. the vibe mm. and that's idealistic i don't know if if that is possible but in an ideal world that's that's probably how i would think about how we measure the vibe of an organization I think also as well, if you like zoom out even further than that, if you look at the way that like we talk to young people about the working environment in school, mm. it's still very much led around like success in your career being reaching the top and making loads of money. Mm. Mm. Like kids are sort of really taught that, right? When you're yeah. at school, you're taught work hard, otherwise you won't be able to get a career. And a career is that you get yourself in a job and you work your way to the top, yeah? Mm. Whereas like maybe we need to be starting to and we talk a lot about schools on here and I'm, I'm not sort of digging schools out because i do a lot of work with them and their sort of hands are tied but like from a societal level like what we should be pushing for our young people to experience now even the schooling system really is like you're not sort of taught to get your needs met within school mm -hmm. right you're taught to shut up and fit within a system really mm -hmm. so like it, you know if we actually taught empowered young people yeah and empowered young people to understand what their needs are, to understand what they really, really want from life, then when they were to go into their kind of working environment, they might, you know, you would hope, like pick their working environment a little, little bit better rather than yeah. just thinking, I'm gonna go into this organization because that's how I'm gonna get to the top. They might start thinking about the vibe yeah, when yeah, they walk yeah, in. Yeah. And I, I've had to do a lot of work in my adult life to understand what my vibe is yeah. and to trust when I pick up on somebody else's vibe, yeah? Mm. yeah, yeah. But we don't teach children to do that. Yeah. And I, look, I think that is probably an idealistic ideal because those in power don't wanna empower young people, do they? Also, like, uh, you know, in terms of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like that stuff will probably come lower down, uh, will, will come lower down than just having to pay your rent or your mortgage or get a job yeah. or start paying down your student loans or wh whatever that is. And, and so it's a really, it's a really hard thing to kind of, kind of say, okay, well, all of those things work, right? So I can eat. Oh, but the vibes off, you know, it's really hard for people mm. to have to make that, but I, I don't disagree. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, you know, yeah, well, that again comes back to the society that we live in at the moment, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, like, a good thing to do to change cultures would be stop voting Tories, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's> it. <laughs> this is the solution. We did podcast done. Yeah. yeah no one Mic drop anymore, done. Though. By the way, I do think there's truth in that. No, by no, the way, yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like, I do think there's there's truth in that, right? Yeah. We don't. We, if you look at like where we are at now as a, as a society, 
and we talk about basic like funding for young people and children's services and the hierarchy of needs, like we are creating a world at the moment or in our country at least, where children are leaving with that basic hierarchy of needs is like in the pits. Yeah. Yeah. They can't yeah. even think about what's good for me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? With the like rising cost of everything and all of that stuff. I don't think changing the party, it's gonna help, but it's not gonna syst you know, systemically fix it, right? Money's not gonna yeah. appear from nowhere. Uh, uh, that's the only bit I disagree with. They can make money appear from nowhere. They just don't want to. Mm -hmm. yeah, and what I'm saying is, do you think Labour in getting in will make it happen? Uh, I do think that they, I, 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 look, I've always, I've said to you before now, yeah, I don't even know, I don't even like the idea of voting because I think they're all like nearly mm -hmm. as bad as each other. Yeah. But I do think that Labour would at least invest in children's mm -hmm. services. I agree, mm -hmm. but, but like compared to where it's been cut to, I just don't think that's going to be enough. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. more needs to be done yeah. as well. Yeah, no, and, and I 100%, 100% agree. Yeah. And that's when it starts getting a little bit, by the way, almost like demoralizing, yeah? Because then you think, where's where where do we have power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what yeah. I mean? Where do we have power? The, yeah. the sad thing with that is that, and I, I say this, I'll put it out there, but I'm gonna quickly take it back because I like to um, uh, retain hope, is that the sad thing is that a lot of the damage has already been done. And I, I think it's been done through like 13 years of, of conservative um, being in, in, in power. We were all practicing social workers and working out there with children and families. And I, I remember when I first started in 2007, there were so many services to, mm. to support kids and young people and families. And now like all of those yeah. are, are gone. So simply changing the government, I don't think would, would, would work because also labor has changed over the years since the early noughties um but it's it's the the work the best of a bad bunch and i think you need a prolonged period of labor being in power for us to get anywhere near what we were like back in the noughties and nineties but the sad thing is that i don't know if that's that's gonna happen but yeah that mm -hmm. is the only that's us being hopeful um yeah, we have to get the Tories out. We have to get the Tories out. <laughs> yes. um, but I, I love like, how you put it up. I was like, Tories out. But I was thinking about just like Tory mentality is very kind of, you know, based on the individual, individualistic and thinking about the work context and, and thinking about like people being kind or kind of caring for one another. That is relational, isn't it? Mm. If I'm all right in the workplace, but Nadi and you, John, like if I've got my vibe, but these haven't, that's not a good work culture. So again, it's moving away from that Tory mentality so that we care in a relational way. So it's not just that like, oh, I'm only worried about my vibe yeah. because mm -hmm. if these two aren't all right, I'm, it's not a good work culture. So I think it's much more kind of relational in, th in terms of thinking about self and other in organizations, yeah. which is anti-Tory. I'm gonna keep saying that as and much as I can. <laughs> Drop so it. I'm gonna call this episode "Fuck the Tory." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let that be the theme music going yeah. over. But also, it's it's if you're happy, and you know you it. Work. I was gonna say that. <laughs> I don't know. We spent too much time together. Um, but if you if you're happy in what you do do, you're gonna be more productive. I think yeah. that's just like. Science. And it, it kind of leads on to the next question that I want to do, and I want to because I want to talk about um, the elephant in the room in this conversation. Mm -hmm. This isn't my answer, but I do think that one of the elephants in the room is that there's only so much you can do in corporate work culture yeah. when you're existing in a society that's that's not in a very good place, yeah? yeah? Mm. Because you can have the best culture in the world, but if someone's coming to work and worried about feeding their kids and yeah. stressed about you know, their wife being on the NHS waiting list for something that's really yeah. scaring the shit out of them, mm. th there's no 
amount of work culture mm. that's going to stop them feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and not very good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's like the state of the mm. world that we live in. But let let me just pose the question, and again, I've got an answer for this from from a sort of mental health and well being perspective. Um, but does anybody else? Does anybody else feel like strongly that they've got what's one of the elephants in the room on this conversation? I've got a big elephant. Um, How big? Uh, it's big. <laughs> um, I think um, it relates a lot to, I guess, that idea of psychological safety in the workplace and being able to bring your whole self to work. And I think the elephant in the room is the kind of everything's fine mm. because it wears down on you if you're not if you know if you're not feeling okay and I think a lot of cultures are based on I guess as you said like doing the best reaching the highest and there isn't the space to kind of go do you know what I'm having a shit day today so for me I think it's it's talking about emotions talking about feelings and creating space to do that because I've worked in lots of places where it's really important that we celebrate success it's really important that we affirm but if there's no space to go that meeting was really difficult or I'm feeling really shit or stuff's going on at home, then um, I'm not bringing my full self to work. So I think for me, it's to be able to talk about that space. I remember working somewhere once and um, it was on the like Teams intranet type, old school. <laughs> so it was on the intranet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I sent a pager to someone um, and um, <laughs> called me on the pager. Um, and... It was all like, yay, like Nadia's done this or you did that. And someone just said, I'm not feeling great today. And I had this really difficult thing. And it was like, thank you. Mm. Um, and just paving the way for that. And it's interesting, I suppose, like, I guess then taking that one step further, what creates that safety to be able to do that? Because this person was in a higher up position in the organization. There were a, wh a white straight man. I'm wondering about some of aspects of those identity that maybe he thought, I can put that out there and it will maybe be okay. But I think for me, it's being able to bring the full array of how you're feeling and then be be held in that. So I think like a lot of, I guess from social work, ideas of attachment, thinking about the team or the organization as, as a secure base so that you can bring those feelings and you will be held and you will be contained and that it's all right. So I think that's for me, if, I, if, if Fran is fine, I'm probably not, being my full self at work. Yeah, and that's one of the missing links, I think, in the mental health conversation, by the way. Yeah. It's, people are not talking about being held and contained. Yeah. People are going, oh, you, it's okay not to be okay. You should be able to talk about your emotions, but if you bring them up, then they're going, well, we've got a meditation room. Yeah, yeah, And there's yeah, a webinar yeah. on resilience next week. Yes. And there's this. So, yeah. like, you you know, do you still feel like that now that yeah. you've got that? And it's like, yeah, because, like, something's going on at home. Like, yeah. Yeah. that, that yeah, held yeah, and contained yeah. is the missing also, part. Also, what I yeah. see or, ha or saw a lot, you know, as, a, as an HR director is compassion fatigue. Yeah. So in the beginning, it's like, I'm going to try and I'm going to support you and it's fine. You can, you know, you can uh, be as you want to be here in this space. It's a safe space. But then people start to get a bit bored of it, you yeah. know, mm. and they want to move on. And, and actually, it's because yeah. they haven't really created the the right structure around how to kind of make somebody psychological, psychologically safe for the team. So what happens is people just, you know, it's a bit like, I think, you know, when say somebody's lost a loved one and obviously everyone's around them at a funeral and, and kind of in the intervening sort of, you know, days to it and then after it, but then people get on with their lives. Yeah. And then when people are still saying, I'm still struggling, they're mm. like, well, you know, time you know, to move to on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's that you see a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, to get into the quick, very quickly, the nuanced part of that is at some point work does, like if you are at work, right? At some point we do, there has to be work as well. 
right? And that's why I say, I'm talking about the structure isn't right. So people yeah. just feel like they have to be this way and then like, okay, well, how do I go back to being normal? Whereas I think the structure just needs to be really clear. It needs to be unambiguous. Yeah. Go, yeah. This is what happens. This is how we support you. This is what we'll do to help you support yourself. And this is the journey and it's unambiguous. But because mm. people just don't really know it or they talk a lot of the, the like the trendy stuff, yeah, mm -hmm. it just sort of disappears. And then like, it's not, it's not evolving in the right way. Mm. Um, should I do my elephant in the room? Yeah. My elephant in the room, and I don't see this being talked about anywhere, is a lot of people are talking about inclusion and diversity and all of that kind of stuff. And then, we don't have a discussion around the globalization of Western medicine mm. and the fact that Western medicine, so as presented as it is in the DSM or whatever it is, yeah, we see that as fact. Yeah. Yeah. And as that is what mental health struggles are, right? Yeah. So we yeah. have certain labels, we label things as disorders and that in Western culture. And we must remember, nobody wants to talk about it, but we must remember there's no physical markers for these. Mm. A lot of these disorders, yeah? Mm. So this is Western people. And if you want to go to the top of the DSM, what you'll find predominantly is a lot of middle-class white men writing the DSM. Yeah. And then that filters down. And then the way that we are describing people's distress is done in a very Western model. And it's presented as fact. Mm. And you don't have to scratch the surface too far to understand that the reason it's being presented as fact in a lot of cases is just arrogance of it's Western science. Mm. So we just know better than other cultures. Josh, yeah. a lot of people probably be wondering what DSM is yeah. listening. So, you so it's the, di the diagnostic book in America, right? But basically the way that we diagnose over here stems very much from a similar, similar yeah. book. But like it, it, if you look at the ways that we label and mark people's distress, um, there's lots of times over history when you look at like um, some of the tsunamis, people in Western culture, the tsunami happened. There was, uh, I read in one book, I don't remember which book it was that I read. There was like a family, for example, where a woman had lost her husband and her children. And Western uh, people went over there to save them all from what they were definitely going to be experiencing, which was post-traumatic stress disorder, because mm. that's how we label people's mm. distress when they've been through that. Mm. Uh, and this woman was like, My, you know, when this happens, they've gone to a better place uh, and they've gone, they've got other things in a different spirit realm or whatever. And the Western people went over there and like, no, 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 that's not it. You're experiencing mm. post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah. You probably need drugs and you need a Western mm. uh, therapist over yeah. there to talk you through do doing this. When actually she had found a way to make yeah. sense of her pain Absolutely. and it was working. Yeah. And I do think that when we talk about polarized conversations, it's very difficult now to argue against the Western model. Not or not to argue, but to present a different way of making sense of somebody's pain yeah. as the Western model and make no mistake about it. I know people are making sense of their pain using the Western model and I think it's great that they are doing that, but that is laced with individualistic mm. people in power who know deep down that a lot of people's distress is caused by lack of funding yeah, at child yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. And rather than looking at that, if we individualize everybody and say, you've had the same chance of success, yeah. the problem must lie in you. So we must find a label to labor. And then by the way, we can even medicalize it and start making more profit out of your distress that comes from a lack of funding for young people. Yeah. And like, it's very difficult to talk about that now mm. um, when I look online because we are Western modelist science. And science, by the way, is only as good as the, the capitalist society in which it exists in. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an evil machine, isn't it? Because you've got the pharmaceutical companies in on there as well, exactly. as well as that kind of like, yeah, maybe like one-to-one psychiatry. So I remember um, reading in Rwanda as well, after the genocide, a lot of like community support and song and poetry and singing. But similarly, like Western psychiatry went out there, like PTSD, one-to-one and actually like not working yeah. for the, the community, which makes me think, fuck the Tories, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo! The <laughs> community is ripped yeah. away. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, it comes back to a little bit to what you were saying a minute ago, which is like, um, how do we create uh, that community within every any given culture? Yeah, yeah. How do we take somebody who's clearly in distress, which makes in most cases, I think, perfect sense if you allow them the space to be able to explore their experience in its full context. Yeah, that's what we don't do. We create space. We go. You feel anxious, like even now, yeah. I could have a wife going through something, worried about the kids and struggling to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll feel shit about it. And people go, oh, you're struggling with your mental health. And it's like, hang on a minute. Yeah. yeah. yeah you're yeah. even framing the fact that you feel shit about having what is currently a pretty shit life mm. yeah, yeah. as struggling mental health. As if, yeah. as if to add to the problems, you've now got a problem within you. Yeah. When actually yeah, you're yeah. being a human being. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. like, and it's very difficult, like say, and I think it's a big elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah. I will say, as I've been listening, I think, um, we talk about like communities and I think that, you know, so the communities still exist, whether like uh, the workplace kind of deems it to exist or not. Right. So, for example, even uh, even though, say, an organization may or, or you know may or may not be doing things in the right way, if somebody's struggling, somebody they will have a community and it may not show up publicly on a chat uh, internet forum. Right. <laughs> um, but someone's going to check in on that person because, you know, Thankfully, like the world is still full of compassionate, empathetic people mm. who care. And so even like, so what gives me hope, we've often talked about it, right, Josh, that, you know, community is going to be the thing that saves, right? And so trying to get one homogenous community that kind of deals with this thing, that's hard to manage. It's hard to kind of try and do that. But actually people just take uh, agency themselves. They feel um, supportive and they will kind of check in on their people. You know, sometimes when we're driven to work in a particular way in a particular organization, it's harder to do, but those people still show up. And, mm. you know, you can think around well, your you own. Think they show up in every organization. I'm talking outside of the infrastructure, just human beings, one to one, connecting with other human beings. Mm. You don't need to be told to do it. There are some people that are just going to show up in your life and yeah. you don't even know mm. it. And I think that's where we've got to like, cling on to hope. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there is hope in that. Anybody else? Elephant in the room in the conversation. Yeah, I had one, but then I, I was listening and I kind of forgot what I was yeah. gonna say. So I, like um, I, if it, I think I'm gonna trust that I'm gonna start opening my mouth and then it's gonna come back to me. Um, that's this what <laughs> oh, happens a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is good. There's 10 know. minutes left. I think for me, an, an elephant in the room, and this is where I was kind of thinking of, uh, and I think somebody was touching on it before, but this idea with an organization around admitting or recognizing what you don't know, what you can't do and what you don't have. And I, I, I'm thinking about um, for people to feel part of an organization, and you mentioned earlier, Josh, around diversity and inclusion, um, equality and inclusion, but the a key factor is people feeling their sense of belonging. Like you can't, the goal can't be to make um, an organization 
equally diverse or have um, the same amount of inclusivity and things like that. That's got to take time. And, and possibly with people leaving, coming, going, you can never get to that number statistically around the same amount of people on board level and things like that. But before all of that happens, people have to feel like they belong and they have to feel the sense of belonging because um, uh, even if they are, for example, the only black person in a team, people are talking about race, people talk about racism, people are trying to kind of um, help this person to think about how their identity fits in with the organization. And I think some organizations, the elephant in the room is people admitting that they don't have the tools or the knowledge or the ability to make people feel a sense of belonging or, or get to the place where an organization is inclusive. And they, they kind of like maybe just plod along and uh, let it remain an issue and not admit actually I don't know about this or I can't do mm -hmm. this and it's not even in just in relation to diversity and inclusion I think in relation to all forms of change people maybe not really recognizing what they don't have and admitting that I feel sometimes when I've been a part of organizations people have kind of virtue signaled or done the tick boxing exercise but haven't really been in a position where they held their hands and be like you know what I actually don't have any knowledge about that. Mm. I actually am not in a position to lead on that. Where, and it's not even going for experts externally, it's kind of thinking internally, okay, who can I lean on and who, who can I bring up in this conversation that helps me to gain a better knowledge? And I think part of that is, and I'm talking from my own perspective now with my relationship with power, is this kind of um, unquestionable um, adherence to hierarchy. I think some people feel like, okay, that person's at the top, they need to deal with all of that issue, or that person's my manager, they know more than me, or they need to deal with that issue. Whereas I think there's knowledge and understanding and ability in all parts mm. of the organization. So um, that could help with getting a, an environment where people feel a sense of belonging. And I think that comes first before thinking about, um, that comes first in the journey when I think about diversity and inclusion. I, I absolutely love that. And it's a really, really important point, I think, that needs needs to be heard is is too often uh, initiatives are solutions focused first. Mm. Yeah. They go, right, we're going to do this. We're going to do this training. We're going to get this, you know, and they're not thinking if actually the source of what you create was that everybody in your organization felt like they belonged. Yeah. Mm. And that's, that's their own agency. You can't broadcast that and, and hope that somebody will do it. But if they felt that, and that's where you want to start, that's how you build. But too often, people just go straight into yeah. solution yeah. mode. And it's kind of, again, it's tick box. We've, yeah. talk, we've talked about that a lot. And that links to what you were saying, Fran, about relationships. Because right now, just thinking about um, race and gender, like we have a whole spectrum of race here. We have a spectrum of gender. There's some similarities and difference. But how we were relationally since we've met, how we were in the CAF earlier, how we've been on here now, means that everybody... I would like to believe feels a sense of okay, we belong in this in this room. You don't but belong at Josh's house. Yeah, except for or at Nadia's dining table. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think after how loud we were out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we don't, don't belong, belong there. there. Yeah. That's why we came in here. <laughs> that's it. But that that that's for me is is the is the key to getting um a sense of belonging is that kind of prioritizing of relationships or or not when i say relationships i don't mean like best friends but like yeah. a, a genuine interest in the other person and how that other person's doing and this is me um taking off taking on nadia's family therapy hat fran and i are half a family therapist we're half qualified nadia's the together we make one we make yeah, one yeah. but there's a there's an equation for change that was created by um a systemic somebody called barry mason and it goes and that's correct me if this is wrong yeah yeah but change equals um 
experimenting with difference. A willingness. A willingness to, to experiment, experiment with difference, mm. plus repetition, plus time. And that idea that change is not a destination, it's a journey. So sometimes when you think about people being solution focused, they're like, okay, to be diverse, to be a diverse and inclusive organization, we need this amount of people at CEO, we need this to happen, this to happen. And that that destination is so out of reach that people give up because mm. they're like, we're not there. Mm, but if yeah. it's like a willingness to experiment with difference plus repetition plus time, then action. Like, plus action, yeah, 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 yeah. action. <laughs> see, this is why Nad's got the qualification. <laughs> just, oh. But it's just like, okay, let me just see what will happen if I create a forum on a Monday morning where everyone can just talk about how they're feeling. And then there's got to be probing questions about how their mental health is. Let me just create a space for the, the black and brown people in the organisation to have a community space where they're able to talk about their experiences for the organisation. I'm not going to let them feedback because actually the data shows that black and brown people in the predominantly white environments, they, they feel the need to kind of um conform or or they feel they that they don't belong they don't feel like their authentic self so let me create a space where they can be their authentic self and then they can come back into the wider organization with a more of a sense of belonging and then that um that results in productivity so that is the willingness to experiment with difference mm. and and that's what i think is important that equation for change is that it's not going to happen it's not a destination it's a journey you have to think about things in an incremental mm. way Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Look, we've got about five minutes left, right? So the way that I'm going to do this, I'm going to come to you first, Hass, is <clears throat> in a sentence or two, yeah, uh, can you sum up one thing that you think every organisation should implement to improve its culture? Got, I want you to do it in a couple of sentences if you can. I'm going to be biased um, because we have a uh, part of our business that trains managers, but train your managers. Yeah. So much of um, bad culture happens because people weren't trained in the right way. And then one final uh, add to that is um, teach, uh, you know, help people learn how to be coaches and how to listen. Yeah. If, if people just started to listen more, you'd, you'd tune into the vibe. Mm -hmm. You would uh, help people feel more uh, like they belonged. You would drive change. So, uh, yeah, and that's it. Uh, Eugene, uh, you're like me, yeah? So two sentences. <laughs> I, love, I love the way you did it for everybody, but yeah. really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you know us so well. You. Yeah. Um, I would say um, don't think that your work is done. Continue to review how things are. So when your culture is, when you feel your culture is set, it's just set at that point, but continue to review it and review it not just through talking to SLT, but get the views and thoughts of everyone in the organization. And that's how you build culture, everyone's views. That was one long, my full stops, I'm not really good. Yeah, yeah, lots yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so many things. I was, gonna, I was also thinking coaching because I really appreciate and value coaching, but I think I'm going to say connectivity and how you go about that. So creating spaces for, for connectivity, whether it's an intranet, <laughs> no, whether, it, whether it's <laughs> an affinity group, uh, kind of community spaces. And I think that's so important, particularly with things being online. So how you can create spaces where people can kind of bring their whole selves. Yeah. Oh, that was mine. Like, I'm not even just trying to like, yeah, you know, bump you. But <laughs> basically, I think create spaces, whether people want that individually. So some organisations I've worked with, they call it clinical supervision. People to have mm. the space to come and just, uh, you know, reflect on themselves or do it in a group. Yeah. However it works for you. You know, we have a Western idea that talking by yourself is the way to feel good. Maybe actually in a group's the better way. Mm. Create spaces for Definitely people a better to way. talk about, yeah, talk about. Um, what's, what's happening for them. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, Why don't I, you? 
Uh, yeah, no, my, mine would be, I mean, it, I would have, I would have talked about like holding space and like in communion. Cause like I buy into that stuff. I mm. think it's much, you know, it's much more reaps, much better benefits. Um, but like, I guess on a, like an individual level for people, I would say within any organization is allow yourself to be wrong and allow others to be wrong as well. We have a tendency to kind of jump down people's throats if they come out with what doesn't fit into the current narrative of how things should be. Mm. And I think if we allow people to be wrong with that, with grace, yeah, not the people that are purposely wrong and have got no, uh, <laughs> don't want to change. Yeah, yeah but yeah. if somebody brings like something that's just not right, allow them to be wrong so that they can learn. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what we do. That's what this podcast has been about, isn't it? Yeah. We've dared to be wrong on things. We've mm -hmm. dared to bring an opinion that might get us shot down with the knowing that we'll change it if, yeah. if, if presenting it needs us to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Look, this has been brilliant. We are yeah. bang on time. Um, uh, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, I think we'll do it again, right? We'll have to get yeah. you back in and do, yeah. another, and do another episode. Um, so yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.